Hello, my name is David Ladding. I'm with my friend Elijah Lamb. Can you say hello, Elijah Lamb? Hello. Hey, guys. And this is the second season of Unto Death. I'm sorry that I haven't posted. Um, Bro, it's a season? So there was a first season? The first season was three and a half episodes, bro. <laughs> that is not a season. The reason why I called it a season is because I just stopped posting. And now we're going to call this second season because, hey, why not? That's good, bro. That's good. That's awesome. And <laughs> <laughs> Work on that, seriously. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, second season, even though it was three and a half episodes... It's gonna it's gonna be fun. We're doing fifteen this time, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Definitely more than three. More than <laughs> and a half and a half. Don't forget that. My first season was so stoic and serious. Now I'm just gonna be like. I listened to your first episode. I remember, and I was like, I just caught off guard. I didn't know what to expect. I think podcasts where it's just one person talking the entire time. I know. I always get me off guard. Yeah. Because I'm. Yeah. Anyway, it was just funny. I'm glad there's two. Just be careful of your mouth sounds. You have loud mouth sounds. You guys should hear David. We share a room. You should hear him eating or just when he's focused, when he breathes. This morning he was Stop! He was watching the OCU videos and he was sitting over here. Um, bro, I thought he was like a bear. Like I thought he was like having an asthma attack. He just sits there with his headphones on and just goes. Right. <laughs> it's true, bro. No, we need to be serious. We need to be stoic. Oh, sorry. It's called unto death, not unto laughing. Unto Ladding. Is that good or no? No, bro. <laughs> okay, move on. Seriously. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Make sure to edit this out. Uh, no. No. I'm like a very serious preacher, so we need to talk about some serious stuff. Yeah. I'm serious all the time. Yeah, I'm a real deal. I'm not a human. I'm a machine. I speak at so many youth groups, dude. Seriously. I'm so awesome. I'm, I'm incredible. a huge deal. I literally met with God yesterday, and you didn't. Doubt it. I, my face was literally glowing. Doubt it, bro. You met with the you met with the father of lies, bro. You met, you, <laughs> bro, what? <laughs> Too far. Oh my bad. Nah, I'm just kidding. Nah. All, All right. right. Threw the first five minutes away. That's how you do it. That's how every preacher does it. Aren't we supposed to make a joke to let everyone feel better about themselves and loosen the room, and then we can turn the AC down, and then we can make sure to add pads in the last twenty minutes of our message to really. Really get wow, you bro! Emotion. You've got to move on. You got to get out of this bit. <laughs> I can go deeper. All right, no, don't. Well, welcome to Under Death. Today we're going to be talking about quiet time. Yeah, I haven't read my Bible in six years. Spat all over. Wasn't that funny? This season's going to be fun. Let's guys. do it. David and yeah. I last night. He was like, "We're going to do." Uh, he decided to post on his Instagram story and say we're doing 15 episodes. He did not consult me on that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we have to come up with 15 ideas. So we just wrote a bunch down, and I I figured this would be a really good place to start. Because, um, I mean, I think both of us would agree it's kind of like, are you making fun of me sitting with my legs crossed? <laughs> He's sitting with his legs crossed, guys. He's pointed at it. It's cool. Hello. It's like you grow up, and it just starts to happen naturally. Epic. Um, My mom makes fun of me for it. But... uh yeah, it's like the for both of us I would I think we would both agree it's it's kind of the starting place for everything that like really David and I both of us if you ask us life questions, even bible questions, it's going to keep coming back to this over and over and over. This is kind of like the meta lens through which we see everything is the importance of meeting with the Lord. And so, I think um I think it's cool to talk about this. Um and I think we'll both probably continue to teach about it in the future, but I think both of us want to talk about it me specifically and you probably agree. Um, that when I was younger, nobody told me how to spend time with Jesus. Um, I kind of just got a Bible and like a good luck kid. Yeah. Try your best. Yeah. And so that meant like years of trying to have a meaningful quiet time, but being really unfulfilled. And I think, um, I've been going through like a Renaissance per se, little revolution in my quiet time. And I think David's the, the quiet time queen. Um, I would say King, but it, they both start with a Q. So it's like an alliteration thing. But just get over it, dude. It's not that big of a deal. Lay it on your flesh and just take it. Um, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so I, th- I just wanted, I, just, I thought it would be cool if we just both, I mean, it's your podcast, but. Nah. Okay. Cool. Um, I thought it'd be cool if we just kind of talked about what that's like for us and yeah. how that's changed and the things that we do 
when trying to meet with the Lord that have made it really meaningful instead of just kind of defeating. Yeah, I think that's really good. I have to completely agree with you. Um, and no one really ever really taught me how to meet with God. Because I think it's actually quite hard. Yeah. You have to build history. Yeah, because there's actually so much to it. Because my brain is like a formula. And I think a lot of people view The Quiet Place as a formula. Um, I remember I was in a life group at my old church. And a, a lady, she was a woman leader. She was talking about how people fall away in college. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like a warning talk, the senior warning talk. They're like, don't fall away. And I remember at this time I was really developing a relationship with God. And she sat us down, about 30 students, and she almost cried. She goes, you just have to spend five minutes with God. Just spend five minutes with God. That's it. That's all you need. And I remember being so confused um, because I knew that wouldn't help at all. Um, they laid out this formula and, you know, you read your Bible in the morning, you do this and this and this and you'll be good. And I remember being so confused. Yeah. Well, to her point, you read statistics on Christians and how they interact with the Bible. And statistically, most Christians are not reading their Bibles every day. Um, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think most people would benefit from going from nothing to five minutes a day. But setting the bar so low, I think, is... It's like, I don't know, it's hard because you yeah. want it to be presentable. You want people to know that spending time with God hasn't doesn't have to be the most difficult, impossible, unapproachable thing ever. Right. Right. But you don't want to set the bar so low that people never really have any meaningful time with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I th- yeah, that's what I, that's what it really felt like was yes. the bar was being set so low. And yeah. that's what I was being confused about. So I just want to make sure that we can avoid that. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. I think in spending time with the Lord, the, the the mind, like just we want things to be easy. So we naturally want formula. We don't want time with God to be, um, you know, unfamiliar or surprising. Um, I think that just requires more of us if that's going to be the case. But I don't think all formula in quiet time is bad. Right. Um, you know, like, so for example, David and I live in Los Angeles and praying for Los Angeles is really important. Right. So right. in my quiet time, when I meet with the Lord, I know every time it's a goal of mine to talk to the Lord about LA because it's important to me. That's structure, right? Yeah. Uh, I know I'm going to read the Bible. Do I need to be super rigid in my Bible reading? Sometimes and sometimes not. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And so there's just like an openness um, where, you know, I grew up hearing that, you know, when you ask, how do I pray? I mean, when the disciples ask Jesus that, he says, Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name, the whole, the Lord's prayer situation. And now do we take that the wrong way and just pray that word for word every day? I don't really think that's the point. But, that's irrelevant. Basically, when I would ask, how do I pray in uh, in like high school growing up, trying to learn because prayers, it's, I mean, just knowing the disciples asked Jesus that, it's a question that people have been asking for a long time. Um, but the answer you'd get, you get an acronym, right? You get pray. Um, what did I say? Praise, repentance. What's acceptance. Kidding, acceptance. No uh, I forget what A is. And then yield. A is ask. A is ask. And then yield. I grew up with... Um, what was it? Adoration, confession, acts. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Which is like good because what it does is it helps you know like, okay, these are things I can pray about. But I was just like praying through an acronym all the time. It's the least personal thing ever. And so that structure can be helpful to an extent, but it can also be used the wrong way. I've been learning about, um, honestly, it was learning about structure in quiet time that made my quiet time more dynamic because mm. there's people that have done it well. Yeah. Um, I started reading about what's called Delectio Divina. I think that's how you say it. I don't remember. It's in Latin. I don't I don't know Latin. Some monk came up with it and it's um the model is read, meditate on the word, pray through the word, and then contemplate the Lord. And doing that is like a really good model for how to interact with the Bible where you have structure, but you don't know how God you don't know how God is going to inter- respond to that structure, if that makes sense. That's genius. And then you have like Ignatius of Loyola Loyola, his uh, daily examine, like going through that. It's these are little things that can be helpful, but they're not the end all be all of how to spend time with God. So the the point of what we're talking about, you can get into a hole if you're like, you just need to be flowy and charismatic in your time with God. It's like, well, no. It's okay to have pieces of structure so that you're not sitting there for two hours going, What do I do? 
Yeah. You know? So that it is meaningful. But if it becomes a this rigid, this is what happens when I meet with God every single time, you might not be meeting with God. <laughs> you know, that's where it, things have to be different. But anyway. Yeah, it's epic. You know, I um I'm very intense. Everything I do is a knife's edge. So I'm actually learning this process because when I first became a Christian, I would just walk in a field for like hours during COVID. And that was like my introduction to spending time with God. I would just listen to Francis Chan and David Platt and John Piper. Um, and just hear from God. And then I would, that day, everything that I heard from God, I would just spit out on the internet and make 10 videos a day. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, but you went viral. Yo, it was worth it. We're here now. You went viral. <laughs> and, um, and then I moved to Dallas, Texas. And yeah, it was amazing. A little bit different because I was working full-time ministry. Yeah. And I had to really navigate quiet time with the Lord because I can't block off eight hours a day walking in the woods all mysteriously. Um, well, if you really loved God, then you would. You would wake up at 2 a.m. and go do it. Yeah, I don't listen to you if you don't pray five hours a day. True. Unless you pray five hours. Okay. Um, and then I've prayed probably five hours total in my life. <laughs> I don't pray. I, uh, I stopped praying years ago. Yeah, it's last yeah, year, dude. That's a joke. Um, and uh, now in L.A., Elijah's actually helped me because there's been days where I wake up. I'm like, dude, I haven't spent five hours with God in the woods today. Elijah, what do I do? What and, was that? That's <laughs> exactly how it sounds. Seriously. It's wake true. up, 5 a.m., shaky. Elijah. Um, no, but it's interesting. Um, now, like living in LA with all these hooligans who love the Lord, there's not nearly <laughs> as much structure as there was in Dallas. So I'm trying to learn, even right now, um, how to spend time with the Lord. So where am I going with this? Yo, I have no idea. I, I don't yeah, even I, know how I'm in ministry. I li- <laughs> I've been faking it for three years. Wow, wow. I'm not cutting that out, bro. That <laughs> the world needs to know. Um, yeah, I think it'd be cool if we just kind of, I want to talk about, about the importance of quiet time at the end. Um, and kind of, we could just rant about like why, but I want to just talk about like the little things that you've learned to do when you meet with the Lord. Yeah. Because the transition from, oh, okay, I was given a book basically and told to figure it out, maybe do a Bible plan here or there. Um, but now I'm doing something that's really meaningful and something that's really important. Um, and what I actually enjoy spending time with God now. It's actually like the best part of my day, right? So what are the things that the two of us, you can go, um, you've picked up on and we just go back and forth. Yeah. Like little practical things that people can emulate, not necessarily trying to just copy somebody else's quiet time because obviously the time you and I spend with the Lord is very different. Yeah. But what are little things that you've learned that have made that time fulfilling? Yeah. Because um, like, because here's the thing, if you just say, I'm going to pray two hours today, you, you won't What do does it. that mean? Right. Yeah. What are you going to talk about for two hours? You know, if you have no reference frame of reference for what prayer is supposed to be like and what prayer, like if you don't know about praying through the scripture, you know, you're going to have, you're going to run ideas. If you don't know that you can talk to Jesus about everything, you're going to be held back in that. If you don't know what intercession is, you're going to be held back from that. And so just knowing how to have conversation with the Lord and what that's like and how to really, I think for me, it's Psalm 132 is when the people say like, let's have the heart of David who said, I will not give my eyes any rest. I will not give any a bed to my head or whatever. I won't go to sleep. Basically, I will not rest until I build a house for the Lord. Until I build a dwelling place. And so, what the responsibility of every single believer, what we have is, when we do the quiet time thing, we're building a dwelling place for us and God to dwell together. We're building history with Him, and building friendship, and building relationship, and getting to know Him better. If that time is meaningful, like I think God. We talk about like the love languages. I think they're all a scam. It's all stupid. It's all dumb. None of it makes any sense. Everybody's all of them. And I think God likes to be loved similarly to the way that we like to be loved. What So worship is just God loves words of affirmation, apparently, um, which is silly. But I think he's also really like quality time and like wants us to come and be around him in a way that matters um, instead of just forced or instead of just really just trying to read a book as much as we can. Because um, you, you can read the Bible for two hours a day and miss God. I did the 30 day shred at the beginning of the month. I didn't actually end up finishing it because David and I went to the UK and it was so busy. Let's go, Prof. Um, let's go, Prof. Now, Prof. Now, studying the word oh, of God. Yeah. Prof. Yeah. One in two Corinthians. Yeah. Screw up. Run your pockets. Yeah. Um, but reading it, there were days when I was in the word two and a half hours because I was reading through 40, 50 chapters 
um, where I still felt like I was missing the Lord and not really meeting with him, which is crazy. Um, I think when we, yeah, I can ramble more, but I won't go ahead. Do your thing. I want you to talk about like good stuff in your quiet time. You don't have I told any? you this is all the show, dude. You like, <laughs> what, bro? That is scary. I'm getting me. so the look in your eyes just frightened me <laughs> genuinely. So, um, yeah, my quiet time. I have to move. It is so hard for me to sit down, and because my mind just goes a million miles per hour. But when I'm walking, specifically outdoors, obviously I'm not in a treadmill. Um, when I'm walking. I can just focus and my thoughts become just ready. If you've ever played sports, I call it like the athletic stance. Like I'm I'm just more prepared. I, I'm just I'm um I'm sober minded in the sense of I can actually like, okay, I can do this. So I've learned about myself. It's impossible for me to sit at a desk for like three hours to spend time with the Lord because my mind can't do that. But you, Elijah, you like will just sit in your bed and read your Bible till 4 a.m. Like last night. It, it's not me. I just can't do that. Um, but I also have learned it's hard for me to read my Bible while walking. So it's this interesting dynamic where I try to read my Bible in the morning for like an hour. Um, and then I go on a walk with the Lord. Um, and that's been a struggle. I've been like, okay, like, you know, I can only meet with God when I'm on top of this hill. He's only there. Um, as maybe cliche as it seems, I've also learned my quiet time is literally throughout the day, but there are specific moments that I, that I slice off. They're kind of like dates with God. Um, and yeah, my mind, my mind, I need to walk. So that's a little thing about me and my quiet time. Yeah. I got to sit still. If I move around, I get so distracted. It just doesn't work. There are times where I feel like the Lord, a a few times here or there, I feel like the Lord has told me to go somewhere else to meet with him. Cause, but it's not my go-to. I really have to sit still or I'll get so distracted so bad. Yeah. I have to sit still like as much quiet as I possibly can. Um, yeah. Like I can't do the walking. So it's important to know yourself. Um, but that, that was cool. What you were saying, I want to touch on that. Um, highly recommend if you guys get the chance, um, four sermons to listen to a devotion to Jesus, one, two, three, and four from Jesus image by, uh, Michael Koulianos. They like blew my mind. He talks all about the secret place and how to meet with God, and it's it's really good. Um, in the first episode, he talks about Psalm ninety one verse one. He says that those who dwell in the house of the Lord will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So to speak to something David talked about, um, the whole idea of like a quiet time actually doesn't ever stop. Um, every single person listening to this, you should read the practice of the, the practice of the presence of God by Brother Lawrence. It's like the best book in the world. It's not even a hundred pages. You can read it in, t- in an hour but it'll knock your socks off. It'll blow your mind. Just this, like, I think it's like 16th or 15th century monk talking about, or he wasn't even one of the monks. Like he was the dishwasher serving the house. I don't remember, I can't remember fully what he did, but there's this whole piece written about how he spent time with the Lord in the midst of that work and how he find him there in the bus- found him there in the busyness and how his time with the Lord never really stopped or ended. And he had to find creative ways to integrate his time with the Lord into everything he did. Um, but the only way to do that, so here's just what I've been learning. Unless... And to speak to Psalm 91, unless you're dwelling in the secret place, you won't know how to abide in the shadow of the Almighty when things get really busy and you get moving. And so we all love that idea of praying without ceasing and having this constant conversation and dialogue where you're going back and forth with the Lord all throughout the day. But that doesn't work if there isn't a grounded, planted meeting time with the Lord set aside where it's just you and Him and there's nothing else you're doing, where you're praying and not picking up your phone every five seconds. Um, where you're like actually paying attention to him and not, you know, just trying to do a book report or finish your homework on it, but you're really trying to hear from him and see what he's like and get closer to him. So that whole idea of meeting with him all throughout the day and finding him intimately in every situation is not possible until you're grounded um, in that meeting, in that like sitting down and being quiet. Um, I think one of the things when I noticed that my quiet time was kind of unfulfilling, um, I was reading the book of Jeremiah, Yeremiahu, was reading Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is great. The middle chapters, like 29 through 32, are awesome. Everything else is okay at best. Um, it's just, it's it's hard to focus through a lot of it. 
Um, and I was reading Jeremiah, and it's not like, oh, man, my quiet time's unfulfilling because I'm reading a boring part of the Bible. No, it's because it was just, I'm trying to read the whole Bible as fast as I can. And so I'm going book by book by book, but I'm not really being led by the Lord when I come and meet with him. And my goal really isn't to get closer to him as I'm doing this. It's to say that I've read the whole Bible this year. And so I felt like the Lord interrupting me. And actually, the what I started to do, and this is something everybody can do every day. Um, I don't think you should do this forever. There will be a time where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to read this book and I sit down and, and stick to it. But this is something everybody can do because every single believer has the Holy Spirit and everybody can hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit inside of them. Um, everybody can hear the voice of God. Something you can do is when you open the Bible, asking God, Lord, what should I read? And that's not the same. This is dangerous. It's not the same as just like flipping open to a random page, but asking him, what should I, what should I read? Sometimes he tells me an entire book. The other day, I felt the Lord lead me to First Peter, so I read all of First Peter and all of Second Peter, which is more than what I was reading when I was just doing the checking off the box thing. Um, I'm doing more reading now that I'm following it that method because he keeps telling me different things to read. And then I actually feel inspired because I'm like, oh, this is what the Holy Spirit wants me to read. And God's trying to speak to me specifically through this right now. And I actually feel like I'm communicating with God and that I've invited him into the process. That my goal when I'm reading the book is not to finish the book. It's to see him. Um, and so I have like a little bit of structure in my quiet time with that. Typically, when I sit down to meet with the Lord, I ask him. And pretty much every time I get led to a few Psalms and I pray through them. Um, or I'll just go to Psalms that I, I really like or that I'm really relating to that I know have memorized. And I'll pray through them. Um, and then I'll you know, the Lord will lead me to a different scripture or a different book. Maybe it's one, like whatever it is. And I'll just bounce around. And it, what's crazy is as you start to do that, you'll notice that when you sit down and ask the Lord what to read, the things that he, like they're connected in the weirdest ways. You build yeah. this like web. That's good. Of like every, really bro? Did you just ad lib me? Did you just pity? That's really? so good. That's, that's awful bro. Okay, fine. I'll stop talking. No, that's good. No, no, I'm done. No, I'm done. Go. No, do, do I, something else. I just felt awkward because I haven't said anything in two well, minutes. Because you got up and walked around. Like I, I had so to charge my phone. You're bro. not making eye contact with me while I'm talking, so I just feel so alone while I'm doing it. Anyway, start asking the Lord what you should read. Don't like you don't have to do that forever. Eventually, you can go. Man, I haven't read this book in a while, and you can sit in that book. Like, because here's what's crazy: What if God, for the rest of the year, wants you to read the Book of Matthew over and over and over and over again for the rest of the year? Right. But if we're not open to like listening and being available to hear those kinds of things we won't do it but like what if that's really what he wants to do what if that's what he, how he wants to meet with you so i want to be instructed by god in what parts of the word i should read and if listen if i sit down and i don't feel like i hear anything bro i'm just gonna go read a whole epistle i'm just gonna read a whole letter in the new testament and be filled because it's the word of god still it's still inspired and it'll still pierce my heart like it'll still still do what the bible said it'll do and if i if i hear something and i'm like Oh, I think that God wants me to read this. And then I flip up in the most random passage of all time and it doesn't make any sense. Oh, I misheard. Keep trying. Like, it's okay. Just keep trying. Keep reading. You're fine. Um, so that's, it's been something that's brought a lot of enjoyment for me. Yeah. It's a really long way of explaining that. That's really good, bro. Don't give me your pity applause. <laughs> like, I have no interest in that. No, yeah, dude. You got anything else? Not really on that. That was pretty much perfect. Well, what do you do when you walk? I'm not supposed to tell you that. Wow. I'll lose really? my rewards. It's your secret. So when I when I walk, I honestly listen to sermons. Um, and now as wild as this is, it's kind of the same deal. I say, Lord, um, what do you want me to listen to? And for three years, I have gone onto YouTube and I've just hit the refresh and I click the first one. And like 95%, it's exactly what I'm going through. And I'll, I'll literally every time I'll just listen to the sermon and then I'll sit on that sermon, but I, I'm always listening to something. But like yesterday I was on a walk with the Lord and I put music in my ears. I was going to pray. I was like, this isn't right. I'm not supposed to be like just jamming out right now, walking this scenic Valley of, of, of South Carolina or South California. Um, so I took my headphones out and I just talked with the Lord. And then I felt him lead me to a specific place I needed to go. And he actually led me to stop walking. And there's this little valley that I found that I can basically hide in. And no one can like find me. And it's like off the trail. And I sat there for like an hour. And 
I just sat with the Lord and I listened to Streetlights, First Peter, Streetlights Bible, Streetlights Bible, man, First Peter, uh, one First Peter chapter one. That's how they, that's yeah, how they talk. It's like New York. There's one song. There's one song. It's like Swamp so Chapter ninety five. I'm like, oh man, dude, dude. <laughs> Uh, that's have you read? Have you listened to the Revelation speech. ones? No, dude, it's like heaven. They're like everything Whoa. they do, bro. Listen to the Revelation four one; it'll blow your mind. Bet. so fire. All right, streetlight sponsor me. Um, can we cut that out? No, <laughs> keep it. No, <laughs> good. All right, so but then the Lord led me to First Peter one, and the testing of our faith, and our faith is more valuable than gold and silver, and oh, that just spoke to me. So yeah. what I what I did was. I kept walking, and I just listened to First Peter one on repeat, yeah. thanking the Lord. Yeah. And then I started listening to Psalms. It's just, it's so natural. And I talked to so many guys um, that just have such a hard time in the secret place because, honestly, and this was one of my stumbling blocks for a while. Is I love what you said in the beginning. God actually has a personality. And we're actually meeting with someone. Yeah, he wants to take us on a little adventure. It's someone like he—he he has laughs, he has smile, he has preferences. Yeah, it's true. Um, like for instance, like God doesn't love cats. Yo, yo, <laughs> that's—I mean—he told me in a dream. He told you that in a dream. Yeah. Then everyone got sucked up and their clothes were left behind. <laughs> <laughs> you freak me out. You scare me, bro. I never know where you're going. Um, yeah, I think like. I think when you listen to that, okay, David's a very special guy in, in like the, in the best way possible. He's his my I've never met anybody else like him. He's extremely unique. And so bro, stop. Doing, there's a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> He's sticking his tongue out, bro. It's going to be the grossest sound ever on the mic. Um, uh-huh. but he's, he's very, very unique. So like, again, just kind of like I was talking about, I'm not going to go on the trail walk. I'm not like I'm weak. I'm tired. I'm sick. I don't, I'm not interested in going on the 10 mile walk through the wilderness, but that's where David goes to meet with the Lord. And so it doesn't have to be, you don't have to feel like you're literally Moses to have a meaningful time with the Lord. Um, really bro, <laughs> but you can meet with God face to face. Uh, yes. I, so I, but I think when you listen when you tell that story, it can be like almost intimidating. And I know we're going to record something fully on how to hear God. Um, but I think just really quickly to answer that, cause we'll record something full on it. Um, but you hear that and you're like, oh, well, I don't feel the Lord leading me to walk through trails and telling me what direction to go. Like, how are you doing that? How are you hearing God? Um, bro, when you start to meet with God, you start to figure out what his voice sounds like. You don't wake up overnight and know what God's voice is like and what hearing him means. What it says in the book of Hebrews is that we grow in the discernment of good, good and evil by practice. And so you actually have to like start asking God questions. And uh, I think that's one of the things that's changed my life in the secret place is I'm trying to interact with the Holy Spirit in a, di- a dynamic a dynamic way because I don't believe the Holy Spirit is there to play the background. I believe that through him, I'm supposed to interact with the Godhead, um, you know? And so I I ask him stuff. When And when I don't know what to ask him, I the other night, this, this is good. The other night, I specifically asked the Holy Spirit to speak to me through like mental pictures. Um, where this is where God really can use our imagination. It's not crazy. Um, I mean, it is crazy, but it shouldn't be surprising. God can show us things in our minds what some would describe as like visions um, to speak to us and so I got these three different visions and I asked the Lord what they meant and there is nothing crazy like the first vision was was me riding a unicycle trying to juggle eggs and slipping through a bunch of oil and falling and getting egg all over myself and then I was like what and then the next vision is a sponge and someone is squeezing it and then they just kept squeezing it until no water was coming out and they just kept trying and trying to get more water out of it and it wasn't working. And I was like, huh? And then I got the third one. I don't remember what the third one was. But these little things where, and then I'm just asking God and listening in my inner voice where like the, re- the, the main reason God gave you a consciousness was so that you and him could com- communicate there. Like that's why he invented the consciousness. Everything else comes second to that. That is the place where the Holy Spirit whispers to us in our inner being and wants to communicate. Um, yeah, that's why your spirit's been brought to life, so that you, your spirit and God's spirit can be one um, instead of just him playing the background. And so start asking God, like just start asking God what he likes about you. So that that changed my quiet life, my quiet time, was that if I was meeting with the Lord at the end of the day, I would just ask him, God, what's an area that I really crushed it today and what's an area that I can grow in? And the Lord encourages and he rebukes. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's good. Bro, don't, don't do any more of it. <laughs> um, yeah. Listening to the Holy Spirit is so important. 
And in order for God to tell you like really, you know, really cool, crazy things like David, take a left here. David, take a left. My, this is how his voice sounds. <clears throat> My son, <laughs> take a left. <laughs> Thundering clouds everywhere. Um, in order to get to that point, you've got to learn how to hear him in the little things because he cares about that stuff and he will speak about them. Um, yeah, do you have anything else? Time. It takes time and really building. So everything you just said. I mean, like what what is reading the Bible like for you? <laughs> yeah. Remember, it's when I when I go on these walks, it's not structured really. But in the mornings, right. I have a plan. Right. So what do you do? What's so, the plan like? So in the morning I wake up, I'll give an instance of this morning. Yesterday, first Peter was incredible. So this is this is embarrassing, guys. So Elijah was reading his Bible last night, and I and I wanted to read my Bible, but I was like, I don't want him to think that he's. I'm just copying him, bro. So I just <laughs> I went to bed, bro. Are you serious, bro? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be weird. You were reading your Bible to two a.m. It was one a.m. I finally like I was ready to go to bed. I was like, I never read my Bible at night. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my name's David Ladding, and I'm uh, full of insecurity. I, I was so insecure of me to do. Um. But I, I, so I read First Peter this morning, but I am actually going through the Gospels right now. I read all through Matthew. <laughs> I read, I read all, th- I'm reading through Mark right now, um, but I put a pause on it to read First Peter, but I do have structure in the morning. I have a plan and I go slow and I do. So the key to reading my Bible is actually, I found it in Psalms 1. Um, uh, the psalmist, uh, he says, um, on your word, I meditate on it day and night and uh the law of the lord is my delight Mm -hmm. and so when i found that out was i was like it was like it was like pirate i feel like it was an outer banks i found treasure because now i used to just book through it i had to get to the end or to the end of the chapter but now i i understand how to read the bible i have to meditate on it as a cow chews grass I have to meditate on it, and I have, and I have, <laughs> man, that's good. Yeah, and then I have to delight in it, um, and that the delighting part is not me saying, okay, you know, I'm gonna force a smile while I read this book. It has also come with time. Yeah, I genuinely love the Bible because it's everything to me. Because I understand the value of it, the fact that it's a double-edged sword, the fact it is. My only lamp to my feet. Yeah. It is by it I see everything else. So I love it. I love the Bible as much as I love water. And I'm being genuine because without water, you know, I don't have some weird relationship with water, but I love water because it keeps me going. It keeps me awake. It just, yeah. it's amazing. It fuels my body. I love water. And the Bible is the same way. The Bible is the same exact way. I've learned how to delight in it and I have a plan and then I meditate on what I read. Yeah, I think uh I think I like undershot how valuable the Bible was for a long time, but it's cuz nobody really told me how much the Bible would do. Oh. Like all I really got was I understood the Bible was how I was going to be sanctified. Like I read uh what is it John 17:17 17, 17, Jesus says sanctify them in truth and your word is truth and you go read he said this was my go-to sermon and then 1 Thessalonians 4:3 says your will for me is sanctification basically. And so what God wants to do is his main thing he wants to do is sanctify us. That's what he cares about in our hearts. This, this is what he's preached. And it's, I mean, it's, I still stand by a good bit of it, but it's just only a part of the picture. Um, and then the way he sanctifies us is through the word, which is valid. But so all I understood was that I was just going to read the word and then somehow mysteriously I was going to become holy, which is like valid. There is a mysterious, because it's more than just a book. The Holy Spirit rides into our hearts upon those words in like a really special way. Um, so totally but there's more to the bible than just it makes me holy it's also the bread of life like the days when i don't read the bible i can feel it i can feel it like you don't have water or you eat that morning yeah it's weak it's like genuinely literally all day long i'm like ugh. but it's but it's awesome that that's the place i'm at because i used to go weeks without reading the bible but this is what happens when you start to meet with the lord your appetite expands and you have to eat more so you go from being a little baby who doesn't need to eat that much to suddenly you're John MacArthur. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bro, not where I was going. What? 
You become like a bodybuilder that's your meal prepping and eating tens of thousands of calories a day. If tomorrow you decide to fast, that's going to suck for you, right? Um, and I don't mean fast like in a spiritual way. What I mean by that is if you go from like you're feeding yourself and you're eating a ton and you're building a really big appetite and then you start eating nothing, you will notice very quickly. But if you're rarely ever eating, you won't notice as much of a difference. And so that that appetite expands big time and then you, you have to eat more. So now for me, when I don't read the Bible, I feel like I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I feel like codependent on the Lord now. And then the Bible also just contains the promises and the hope that I hold on to. Like the things I read in the Bible, I read them and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can literally make it to tomorrow. It's a genuine lamp. Yeah. Like it's like this world is horrible and evil and like, oh, there's like no hope. And the Bible just shows you everything. It's like, it's like meta commentary. Like you read the Bible and you're like, oh, God's a genius. He understands. Like I, this is answering every everything, question. Everything. Every qu- and then the, that the Holy Spirit, who's the counselor, wants to use the text to counsel us. Yeah. When I'm like mega, when I'm going through something really bad, bro, I go read like what's this is this is the importance of like really knowing the word is that when something goes on you can read the things that God has said about that circumstance so when i'm suffering i know what scripture to go to romans 7 right not romans 7 bro <laughs> like what's wrong with you sorry romans 8 though he talks about yes. his our present sufferings i can go there same yeah. same second corinthians chapter 4 i can go there i can yeah. go to james chapter 1 i can read all these scriptures about suffering and i i have something that pushes me through that that it actually isn't just words anymore it's god speaking to my heart and helping me to do more than just make it by i'm actually thriving now yeah um it's the way through which we see the heart of god it's how i know what god feels about me because the holy spirit has said it confirming the things that i've read in scripture we're like yeah what without the bible i just wouldn't be able to i would die bro yeah i'd die you know like the truth there is is so precious um, and so it's not just like I thought of it for so long as just God's like rehabilitation program that he just wants to use it to fix me. <laughs> but it's so much more than that. I have a weapon against the enemy because he's going to attack me. A weapon. Yeah. Like a no, like when lies come against you and they're they're raging against your mind. And then like, oh, like, for instance, a lie that's always come at me is like, oh, you're just a giant fraud. You're going to fall away. And then I read Philippians 1, 6. Yeah. He who started a good work in you will see it to completion. And it just cuts the lie yeah. in half. He answers, the Bible answers to every single lie that Satan accuses us every with. Every single one. Every single one. You, we have to get this, guys. Satan is the accuser. He will lie to you. He will accuser say things that suck to you. You accuser of the brethren. That's a great video. I'm trying to save you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, but like the things that say, bro, I'm part of the reason why I stopped feeling depressed and anxious and why I stopped feeling self-hatred and why I stopped feeling rejection all the time was because I figured out what God said on the other side of that through the word. Come why, on. I, Jesus says, be not anxious. Well, why? I figure out what the character of God is like. I figure out that God is working all things for good. And then, oh, and then I don't have to feel as anxious anymore. That the, the word of God actually alleviates our troubles because the truth is better than those things. And so being committed to God's word is so important. Um, I think like, I mean, every believer knows this. I knew this for years that if I could just read the Bible every day, the things I wanted to see happen in my spiritual life might come about. The trouble was that my, bro, what are you doing over there? It just stabbed a water bottle. It was so loud. I look at the audio and it just spikes on the camera. I'm not even paying attention to what you're doing. Um, The motivation for me to spend time in the word was just not right. Because I wasn't going to the Bible because I wanted to find Jesus. I didn't have that heart of David in Psalm 27, 4, where he says, there's one thing I ask for, to dwell in your house all the days of my life and to gaze upon your beauty. Like, that's what he wants to do, is be close to Jesus, to draw near to him, to see him, to figure out what he's like, and just enjoy him. That's the whole point of the Bible. That's, that's what the Bible is for me. That's what, that's what prayer is for me. It's like something that Jesus died to make possible and rose again to make possible that I now have so that I can enjoy him. That's the main point. And I just missed that for a long time. God actually wants to spend time with you. He really does. More so than you want to you want to with him. And he's not ashamed at you, ashamed of you or angry at you for not reading your Bible enough. But he knows that you're missing out on something better. That there's like literally a better, more fulfilling way to live. What it says in Psalm 16 is that in his presence is eternal joy, and at his right hand are, are pleasures forevermore. When I come and get close to Jesus, I find that stuff. I find the joy and I find the pleasure that I'm looking for. You can't get that. If spending time in the word and in prayer is not a part of your life. Yeah. Do you have any, give you any other cool quiet time tips? I think people, I know, I know 
people who really have a hard time reading and then they condemn themselves so i want to touch on that a little bit yeah. like the fact that god's actually a father and i loved how you said like he's not angry there's just so much more like imagine you have a child who's holding on to like this just disgusting ball they made out of just like mud and like hair and like toothbrushes whatever there's just this gross ball and they're having like they're having okay time with it they're throwing it against the wall and you just have this amazing new nike ball you know that you want to give them horrible one of those nerf ones one of those cool nerf yeah nerf one that whistles yeah 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 yeah. and glow in the dark and everything you know and exactly um and you know the kid's like no i want to keep this ball i want to keep this ball and you're like no i just have this one for you you know how strange would it be if the dad was like no you fool you know and like took the ball and smashed was like here no it's like no, you know, he's going to let the kid, you know, realize that the other ball's better. It's going to take time. But God's a father. Like, he just he just loves us. He yeah. really loves us. You have to look him, look at him in the perspective of, wow, he genuinely loves me. Yeah. Like, it's not some weird, like, he's my dad. He just wants the best for me. Yeah. It's like, it's literally, imagine you're raising a kid, like a toddler. That's how we are in God's eyes. We're just little guys. And they want me, though. Brother, you, you are the smallest in the kingdom. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so imagine you're you're a father and your kid won't eat. You're not mad at the kid for not eating. That's so much better than my Bro, no, your analogy's oh, hey, David, you're an anointed man of God. Your analogy was beautiful. No, no, I'm so proud of you, bro. No, seriously, bro, I'm so proud of you. So no, okay, seriously, okay, so stop distracting from my perfect analogy, please. So <laughs> So the, your kid won't eat. Like I'm not mad at the child. I'm like, "What? What is wrong?" Why are you not eating? Obviously, God in his infinite wisdom like knows why. But he's like, you need to eat to survive. Or my kid is sick and he refuses to take his medicine. It's like, no, you need this. You need this. And so there's that like constant like, you know, if my kid ain't taking his medicine, you hold their mouth open and you, you know, you, you dump that liquid Tylenol children's in there or something oh, like that. Oh, so horrible. Dude, no, the grape one was fire. What? Dude, that one was you didn't that like that? So much no, but my parents would make me drink Pepto Bismol and I'd throw it up immediately because I was so, so grossed out by it. I also hated beans. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it just it goes on and on and on. Like imagine you're like, okay, so I imagine like, you know, my dad comes home, I'm a kid, he's got the new Lego Star Wars. He's like, You wanna play? And I'm like and I'm like, No, I'm not really interested in that. Like, what? He's gonna be like, Why would you not want to? You know, and so I'm missing out on the food that I need to survive, the medicine that, that heals me, and the the pleasure and the joy that would come from spending time with my dad. And so... Vote in the comments if you like the ball analogy or that horrible one. Wow. That was interesting, bro. That was really interesting. Like, you just do very interesting things, and I don't know what to make of them. Like, um, yeah. I have, I have, um, I have one more thing. Quite, sure. Quite, wow. <laughs> <laughs> in the four total times that I've spent time with God. Uh, no. But one of the things that's really... Stop with the fake laugh, bro. I can't stand when you do that. My, uh, tell, him, tell him about the, the, the story. The, the, the Jungle Cruise. Bro, fake laughed at the Jungle Cruise lady for like 30 minutes and the whole boat was laughing uncomfortable, comfortably. It was, it was the funniest day of my life. Um, okay. But one more thing, actually. Um, I'm, not, I'm not a singer at all. But there's... I don't know. I... There's a way that I meet with the Lord, like that I find the Lord through worshiping by myself and singing like the deepest part, the thing that is deepest inside of me, the stuff about God that's really moving me. Because you know when you're like in a worship service and they're singing a song, you're like, yes, I love that. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And then Waymaker comes on or something and you're like, bro, I do not relate to this at all right now. You're like, ugh, this is not what I was thinking about. That's cute. You know? For me, because I talk so much about like the greatest commandment every single time, like Jesus, I love you comes on or Holy and Anointed One comes on or, you know, Alabaster heart or whatever comes those songs i'm like yes because i get to just enjoy the bridges of them all i'm like yes this is all i want to sing about it's all i want to sing about but then you know like i thank god comes on and i'm like i mean cool like it's a cool song no it's not bro it's cool like he picked me up <laughs> is that good or no that's my kermit wow. um but like that's point being when it's just me and the lord i can sing like whatever i want to him 
Um, and it doesn't have to, I don't, I don't know why it's something I'm stuck on, but I do think it's so special. Like thinking about the fact that even the Psalms were written as songs, like David was singing actual love songs to God. And so I throw on a pad or whatever, and I just sing to God. Um, and it's been like a really important part of my, my quiet time. Cause I'm, I'm singing to him the things that I love most about him. And it's really special. And so bro, throw on like a C pad and just start trying your best those of you who are singers like you understand but if you're like me and you're not one like i don't know i think it's really special and it's really intimate and i have found a lot of joy in it i also try to take communion regularly and changed my life changed everything in yeah. psalms 23 you prepare a, pre a table in the presence of my enemies when i was going through the craziest spiritual warfare i took communion it was it just wrecked demons it's facts bro when you're when you're you're holding the that's a it's a mystery but the, you're holding the presence of god in some way it's a giant promise in your hand yeah like when i when i take that i'm looking forward to the marriage supper of the lamb like when i actually meet with jesus and we sit down and have that meal it's together it's not just a symbol that's true um uh -oh. so that yeah taking communion regularly fasting is really important like two days just water bro send it do it like no you don't think people should fast uh, i think that ended with the apostles that doesn't even make any sense. That's not even like... <laughs> no, no, definitely fast. Um, I need yeah, fast. hopefully this is helpful. David's advice basically is just go on a walk and wait for a, a bird to land on you no. or like a, like, like a donkey to walk up to you and start speaking audibly. <laughs> you know? That's only it. thing that I love, only thing that I kind of got is... What? What? What did that mean, bro? You just mumble wrapped into the mic. That was crazy. No, my advice is um, go on a walk. And if your face isn't glowing at the end of it, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. My genuine just, advice, my genuine advice for the quiet place, though, is it has to be you. It has to be you. Yeah. I I love nature. I love walks. I haven't encountered. I have encountered God so many times. I've built so much history in nature um that it just it, it's accustomed to me and the the genuine this is crazy this is crazy i actually stopped going on walks um uh, a couple weeks ago because i was like you know what maybe it's a change of season maybe i need to actually i need to probably maybe stay at my desk because going on walks is pretty hard here in la and this is wild Either I'm hearing voices or the Lord has a personality because the Lord literally kind of rebuked me in such a subtle way. But he was like, David, I like to walk with you. Hmm. And it blew my mind. The Lord literally said, David, don't just go on a walk for yourself. What if, what if you went on a walk with me? Because I actually like walking with you. And it blew my mind. Yeah. Like the, the Lord wants to walk with me. I'm actually spending time with God, not just because it's good for me, but because the Lord wants to spend time with me because this is an actual relationship. A relationship's double-sided. Yeah. And what? What? And it's a, I love it so much because I probably have wept so many times with the passage. And there's a certain song um, that talks about that I just love uh, about walking in the cool of the evening. Yeah. Um, uh, when, when Adam walked with, with God. And so it's kind of like practice until that day. Um, that's why, again, I'm wild. I, I've not met, I've not met a lot of walkers. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's just what I love. Yeah. It's, it's what I love. Finding the things that you and the Lord enjoy each other together in. Because that's his will for your life. It's not playing video games with God. It, you know, there's, <laughs> there's moments, yeah. but you're quiet. Like, it's like. It's just like a relationship. Yeah, you're not preoccupied with anything. Yeah. It's, just him. It's him. You're looking at his face. You know, it's like you can do hobbies with the Lord. Yeah, that's sweet. But there's moments like when you're just his face. Yeah, that's really good. That's really important. Um, there's a parable I want to share. Luke chapter 14. This like, this changed my life. Um, if you read Luke 14, it talks about the wedding banquet. And the parable is about like, how the Jews denied Jesus and Jesus invited the Gentiles in. But um, this is basically, I was so <sighs> struck by it because I was reading this story um, talking about, you know, the, these people being invited to come to the wedding, which like all of us have been invited basically to come meet with the Lord, but many people turn it down. And 
that's basically just what struck me so much about the the parable is like I just never want to say no. I don't want the king to find me and the groom to find me and me have an excuse for why I didn't come and meet with him. If you read the parable, one of them just got married, so he couldn't, so he had another love. One of them just uh, bought a new field he had to test out, which meant he had like a new a new opportunity for success or whatever. So he was caught up with a new opportunity and the other had bought um, new like cows to plow his field with. So he had new responsibilities. He had to go to different work. So responsibility, opportunity, and love were the excuses given. These are good things that kept people from the presence of God, but they're not better than his presence. So I don't ever want to have excuses for I shouldn't be with him. My piece of advice really to you is every single day, be so, so committed to God that you refuse to get to the end of the day and have not yet met with him. That Psalm 132 heart of, I will not give rest to my eyes until I build a place for the Lord to dwell. Make it your priority, bro. If you do anything, if you do anything today, if you do anything tomorrow and the next day, meet with God, meet with God. You don't need to be crazy pharisaical about it. It doesn't need to be six hours, but meet with him in a way that's meaningful. Yeah. Hear him, seek him, tell him why you love him. Ask for direction in your life. Like just do something that matters with him. And then my practical challenge to every single one of you, find scripture to dwell on every single day for the next month. So do your reading, whatever, but find two or three passages that you can come back to and sit on every single day and chew on and meditate through for, for a straight month. For me, I was stuck on Isaiah 53, Philippians chapter two, verses <coughs> six through 11, um, John 15 and Matthew 22, 34 to 38. Those scriptures were what I was reading all the time and they have completely changed my life to get stuck on those verses so do yourself a favor find the passages the chapters the scriptures even just the verses that have blown your mind and sit with them sit with them every day throughout your reading and meeting with god that is like a practical piece of advice where you can dwell on what god has done and really be moved by what he's like that's helpful and that is how you begin the process what david talked about when he said you know you have to learn to meditate and sit on things when i'm reading a narrative I, I, I am just a quick reader. I like to go quickly. This is how I learned to slow down. I found the things that actually like felt like, wow, this is so crazy. I have to sit on this and stayed in those places and learned how to meditate there while also being able to satisfy the desire in me to read a lot. Um, and so figure out what works for you. Spend time with Jesus. Figure out what he's like. Fall in love with him. Amen. And all your problems will be solved if you start meeting with Jesus every single day. All your sin issues will change. All your character issues will change. All your lack of vision issues will change. All of it. Oh, you're afraid to evangelize? It'll change if you start meeting with Jesus. Everything. If you start to meet with him every single day, everything will start to change. Yeah. If you're doubting your salvation, it'll change. All quickly. Of it. Quickly. Quickly. <laughs> if you meet with Jesus in a way that's meaningful. Okay. I'm done. You want to close it? Yeah. Um. That was so long. It was awesome. How long was it? I have no idea. I can't tell. Um. Well, really appreciate you guys listening. I was going to say a whole lot of stuff, but I feel like we're going to get to it. So I'm really glad you're here, Elijah. And I don't know. I don't know where this is going. I'm not interested in it, though. <laughs> love you guys. We've got to record a bunch more. It's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot fun. A lot of funner. A lot fun. A lot fun in... The objective, subjective morality. David doesn't know what those words mean. Uh, Love you guys so much. I have to cut him short because he's just going to do stupid uh things. Love you guys. I got to become stoic again. See you later. Stoic, David. Stoic. Are you self-harming yourself into holiness? I have to. Pre-Reformation Martin Luther, bro. Yeah. You scare me. All right, bye, guys.